Give me head, babe. Welcome to another edition of The Headbin, the weekly NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. Each week, we'll take a swing at the key topics influencing the world of Supercoach Draft, NRL, and the highlights from our very own weekly draft comp, The Headbin. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Headbin, the NRL Supercoach Draft podcast. I'm Dusty, and I've got Benny with me tonight. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, good. Well, good now. I've forgotten about the weekend. Moved on, moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bit of a uh, bit of a roller coaster on Monday for you and Lukey. And uh, speaking of which, Lukey, you're back with us, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. Uh, good to be back after the week off. Um, yeah, the clown that you brought in during the week un- uh, uh, to replace me, uh, unfortunately, didn't lose to Benny. But um, yeah, now I had a, a bit of an up and down performance, and which resulted in a loss, which I can't be too unhappy with. But we'll talk to that soon. Just good to be back, back. Yeah, nice one, nice one. So, uh, look, we're getting down to the, uh, definitely getting down to the pointy end. There's only uh, three rounds left. Uh, and tonight, we'll, uh, we, we're we going to do a bit of a condensed version of the potty tonight. We won't, we'll skip out on the uh, the game reviews. We're going to look at a bit of strength of schedule stuff later on in the episode. And we've put together uh, a bit of a spreadsheet. And we're going to uh, rank every team's uh, strength of schedule and run home. Last three games and finals. Uh, just to give you an idea of who to target. Uh, some plays to look at and some matchups to have a look at, and I'll uh, I'll pump this graphic up on our uh, our Twitter page so everyone can have a bit of a look at it and uh, yeah geek out on it over the weekend. But it was a bit of fun putting it together, that's for sure. But uh, on field on the weekend, what caught your eye, Lucky? Uh, obviously, my Panthers making it eight straight was uh, was pretty good. I, I I didn't think we were going to get the job done against Canberra, but uh, you know it was a very very good performance, especially in the first half. Uh, very good to see. So, yeah, um, other than that, you know, good to see Gold Coast uh, sort of playing half decent. They look like they're sort of the, the dogs of the last couple of years. You know, they're, they're sort of coming into some form. Holbrook's got them sort of look, looking a bit more like a team than they have in past years. So, uh, you know, I've got, always had a bit of a soft spot for the Titans, to be honest. Like, I don't follow a Brisbane team, although I'm from Brisbane. But, uh, you know, the Titans are sort of reasonably local. So I do sort of like it when they're going well yeah and it seems that they've lifted uh knowing that uh, they're gonna have to fight for positions next year obviously some talent coming into the squad so everyone's putting their best foot forward kevin proctor just wound the clock back on the weekend he played some amazing football that i don't know if i've ever seen him play that good in a game and uh look he's probably someone that uh they'd like to keep around the club for his leadership but uh he's just probably fallen short and hasn't been surrounded by the right cattle so yeah everyone seems to be stepping up brian kelly's really hit some form as well and him and sammy forming a nice combination out on that uh that left side too that's that's become and, a pretty lethal edge that left side now it that, has yeah like you look at the other side really who, who are you going to copley and don or are you going to go target kelly and sammy with proctor and brimson out the back like it's just a, they've got some strike there i think brimson just just keeps defenders honest and um, it gives those boys a little bit more space out there on the left edge. Oh, I, I, love, I love watching Brimson play. I love watching Brimson play because he's just all energy, but he's just got that footy nous about him, I think. And that outside-inside play with uh, Proctor was was just uh, money in the bank. 
Yeah, definitely. But you say that, Benny, and I do agree with you. But Copley carved him up on the weekend. He he had a couple of long breaks. Didn't he? (laughs) He He's got those games in him, but it's against the Cowboys. I I think it speaks to more how bad the Cowboys are going versus how well Copley's going. But he carved the Roosters up the week before, had a line break and uh, try assist on that kick back in. So, I mean, he's just... uh, he racked up some some other stats other than a HIA for once, pretty much. <laughs> or an when injury. He, or yeah, an when he, and when he does that, he plays some half-decent footy. But, uh, yeah, Benny, what caught your eye over the weekend, mate? Yeah, just that Titans game. Like, like Lukey, I, I enjoy seeing the Titans, Titans get up. And I think um, there's a bit of excitement around the club now with the impending arrivals, obviously, of, of Fafita and um, SESE and Big Tino. So... They're, they're building and it looks like Holbrook's sort of pushed in the right direction which is good to see um, other games obviously Cronulla g- giving it to Parramatta to really uh, sticking it to them and only losing by two points in the worst conditions I've seen on a rugby league field in a long time um, yeah, oh, it was so, so funny to watch man um, Mulatalo looked pretty good I think he's got a big future ahead of him if he can get some some weird shit out of his game he does make some strange errors sometimes but the couple of, couple of tries that he scored were, were fantastic tries uh, in the, in those conditions that double grab that he had and spun around and scored like that's the kind of stuff you need out of your wing- wingers just, just blokes who can finish in any sort of condition yeah. um how good was uh, Sean Johnson chase? Like, I've watched oh, that yeah. a couple of times now, and he was nowhere. He was absolutely nowhere where when Moses took off from there. I thought, how the hell is he going to get him? And he just come from the clouds. That was that was a one percenter that I think even you could appreciate, Benny. Yeah, look, a, mate. I, my, my opinion of my opinion of Johnson is slowly coming around. Um, I think still a bit sour from last year, but this year he he has been pretty good especially in the last sort of six to eight weeks. Um, he's starting to get involved in the games a bit more. And while he's not the Sean Johnson that we used to love watching at the Warriors, where he just snapped blokes' ankles and beat eight blokes and score kind of thing, um, he's just got more control about his game and it's more about his, his try assists, his kicking games got a lot better. And um, he, he just plays his hand a little bit safer than he used to. So it's good to see him playing well. And then there was a kick for Rami in too, which was fantastic, uh, reminiscent of the uh, the Reese Wesser try over in uh, Perth okay, a few yeah. years ago, <laughs> where they just kicked it into the a Chris lake Shango. and it just yeah. <laughs> it just pulled up, basically. So yeah, good to see some footy in those conditions for once, and um, you know, obviously slowed the game down a little bit, which was which was pretty refreshing. And uh, I think oh, we got look, to touch on the Ponga performance too um, before we. Well, I, was, I think that yeah, was. Yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna get to that, and then the uh, oh, that was a danger game for us because we're in exactly the same. Us being the Knights, obviously, we're in exactly the same predicament last year. If you remember, where we had a game against the Tigers at home, we we lost about four on the on the bounce, and it was you know make or break for us, and it was. It was kind of like that this week as well, so it was a bit of a danger game. The Tigers coming off an embarrassing loss to the Warriors. I thought, we're in trouble here, but uh, to the boys' credit, they got it done. Uh, Blake Green looked to have an an immediate impact, and it's changed the way we've played uh, because Green's a pass-first half, uh, so we can use Ponga as a true, almost a true 5'8", either side of the ruck, uh, which which seemed to be the play, and it's going to bring... uh, smiles to Ponga owners' faces, that's for sure, because he's going to get more involved. I see a few more games, you know, super coach wise over 100 points uh, coming up for the rest of the year because I think he just gets that involved. Uh, he looked pretty hungry on the weekend. 
For the Tigers, so oh, geez, ah, uh, mate, uh, don't know what happened there. Let's, oh, let's not talk know, about mate. it. Oh, it was disgusting. Uh, mate, for you, Luciano still put up some decent numbers, but the rest of the the rest of the team they need to hang their heads. That was just a a pitiful performance. Um, it just got no better for them as the game went on. I thought, oh no, nah, they're going to come back here. They're going to come back here, but it just just didn't happen. So, yep, Madge's got his hands full. That's for sure over the next couple of uh, weeks, and we'll touch on that a little bit later in the strength of schedule. But uh, for now, lads, let's jump into the headbin overview for the weekend. Uh, Lukey, do you want to kick us off, mate? Uh, how did your matchup go over the weekend, buddy? <clears throat> yeah, so I uh, I went down um, nine seventeen to nine oh eight in a in a bit of a barnstormer. Um, Bazza and I have got a bit of a history in some high scoring clashes, and actually, he knocked me out of the finals last year with a nine thirty, and I scored eight ninety nine. In this day and age, that doesn't seem much, but last year um, when the climate was different, that's to be beaten in the finals with an 899, I was pretty filthy, to be honest, and he's come and done it again to me, and he's pretty much really just put a line through my season. I know that I've been saying for weeks that my season had been done, but <clears throat> I win that game, and I sort of put myself in with a, a little bit of a sniff, you know, but... Yeah, she's she's all done now. Um, but it was a it was an up and up and down battle. <clears throat> Friday night after Friday night, I'd I'd done pretty good. I think I had about six players playing, and I was on three fifty. Um, but uh, I'll be honest, he had Ponga as captain, and pretty much that was it. There's no one else in his team that has really done anything. He's had a few sixties and nothing else over that. Um, it's literally Ponga three forty four. And then crumbs, and and it, it got him home. Like I, we were talking to each other, and I'm like, because he was like, "Oh, I'm done here. I'm never going to catch you after Friday night." And I'm like, "Whatever. You've got Ponga as captain." And as soon as Ponga scored the first try in like eight minutes, I'm just like, "Oh fuck!" I had that feeling I felt when fucking Teddy lit me up for Benny against the Bulldogs <laughs> earlier this season. It was exactly <laughs> yeah. the same fucking feeling. Yeah. But yeah. the best. But the thing was, I clawed it back, and. I managed to auto emergency um, Brimson's 112 on Sunday, so I had I flicked Josh Dugan, who's been a part of my side all year. Uh, I had to flick him and use, and and I was ahead, um, but Brimson was on 131, and I, I just felt like it wasn't a 131 game. Like he had some good moments, but I was just like he hasn't had a lot of kick returns. You know, there wasn't a lot of you know big meters. It was a bit of end to end stuff, and I thought, oh, he's definitely going to get downgraded, and in the end. Um, his 19 that he got downgraded has cost me the win there. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's my best score of the year. Um, and realistically, his side is is much better than mine. He was missing Cameron Smith as well this week. So, you know, I was, you know, up against it even if he had him. So, you know, yeah, it sucks to have lost, but, you know, I, I can't be too unhappy. Yeah, fair call. I mean, he did have some, he did have Ponger and some trinkets really, didn't he? It was fucking it was, nothing, mate. Yeah. Ponga and nothing. It was fucking Ponga. That's all it was. Yeah, yeah. And look, it'll be interesting to see uh, if anyone's. This is in draft, mind you. If, if if anyone's ever had a player go over three hundred and lost a game, because if that's you, 
um, give yourself a triple, seriously, because you shouldn't lose a game if a bloke goes over 300, because that's, that's 30% of your score in basically one player. You should be easily able to go over 917, so uh, 900, but he's got 917, he's dodged a bullet, uh, he's got himself the win, uh, kind of helps me out because you're one of my direct competitors. Uh, Benny, and you kind of suffered the same fate, didn't you, mate? It was uh, back and forth on Monday for you and uh, Dino, who obviously was on last week with us. Yeah, mate, look, for the first time in I don't know how long that we've known this dickhead, he <laughs> he actually he got at me at the end of the weekend. Too long, mate. Yeah, too, too long. long. <laughs> he got at me at the end of the weekend. He went, mate, I can't even brag. I can't even brag. He he beat me set, uh, six seventy three to six sixty eight. So two just horrendous scores. Um, mine would have been far worse had I got the expected sort of forty five to fifty out of Kelly at the end there. But I got a ninety two out of him, which kind of brought the brought it up just a little bit more and made it look a little better. But um, that's what made it close in the end. Look, it started on Thursday night. I had the VC on Teddy. Luckily, I didn't just throw the captaincy on him. Um, and he knocked out a 47, which, look, to be honest, if you watch the game, Teddy was fucking brilliant. Teddy played a game that the media hypes up when someone like Latrell Mitchell plays it. He he just tipped on. He did his job. He was in. He was involved in every try in some way, but none of it was directly super coach relevant. Um so that sort of suffered. Ikevalu only got me a 20 that night too. And then after after Thursday night, Dino comes at me with a, hey, Ben. I was like, mate, fuck right <laughs> off. Because he had Lomax and Lomax pumped out 103 for him in the first fucking first game. And I was like, oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> look, and then, and then it was just pretty much dismal shit across the board. Like his scores looked better than mine. But yeah, um, I, I managed to score a, a 180 out of captain Jake Turbo, he got a good game. Now, um, in that game, I don't know if our listeners saw it, if you boys saw it, Carl Lawton tackled Jake Turbo early and got Simbin for it. So, Carl Lawton's on my team as well. So, he, he lost me 10 points there. There's the win. <laughs> he also lost me probably, I think Jake Turbo scores that try if Lawton doesn't take him early. Um, he couldn't get his hands to the ball in time. And... He was worried about the bloke hanging off him rather than the bloke in front of him. So, um, in in I think realistically, it probably cost me cost me a good seventy points that one play. Has that happened to you this year as well? This happened uh, to you early this year. No, it was it, it was Sevo d- drilling Teddy was what happened to That's me. That's right. Yeah, but you um, had Sevo at that point, though. Yeah, didn't I you? had Sevo at that point. Yeah, um, same thing. But yeah, my players <laughs> like to just kamikaze each other or find the sin bin. They love finding the sin bin. AFB, Lawton, Kelly, like my whole team, I swear to fuck, has just found the sin bin sometime this year. Um, yeah, so <laughs> look, I had Avarillo playing too. He got a six because he got injured. I had Fanua Blake got injured and got me a 16. So there was just scores that, that like last week, um, as we spoke about, everything lined up for me and everyone knocked out 60s apart from one. And, you know, I got a solid 80 out of my captain and it had a pretty easy win this week. It just turned around 100% and I got just nothing. Uh, Leilua was good again, got me an 82. Like Benji Marshall had a stinker of a game, especially on the eye test. Um, he just got carved up and he only knocked out a 25. Tommy Eisenhurst did nothing for 80 minutes in a big win for the Dogs and got a 20. Uh, and for some reason, Luke Thompson played 49 minutes and got a 30. Like I just had scores that aren't great across the board. Um, 
Mate, I'm going to be honest with you. You were lucky to get that close. Yeah, I know. I'm it was a I'm bad score. Scores and you, you're basically propped up by your... Uh, Turbo and Kelly. Turbo, Kelly and, and Leilua. Yeah. And everything else was just pus. Yeah, so it, just just for curiosity, if I, I'll read out my scores for the listeners. 47, 20, 180, 39, 16, 58, 52, 30, 21, 6, 82, 25, 92. That's foul, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Boy, Baz's wasn't that much better. No, yeah, It fair. wasn't that much better, but he had a 344 in it. <laughs> so, yeah, a couple things on this round's matchup and and more specifically yours, Benny, uh, from this week to last week, anyone who says that super coach isn't luck is kidding themselves. It, it, it is. It's more luck than anything else, but the way that you manipulate that luck determines your outcome because you've gone 900 to 600 in the space of a week, Benny. And, and I've, I've changed one player in that team. That was exactly. That was. Oh no, sorry. Two. I bought in Avarillo instead of Mulatalo, which yeah, that was. Yeah, yeah but this. Uh, I don't. It's, I don't necessarily it's, agree with that though. Look, it, it's seventy percent luck, thirty percent management. I reckon. But the, but the same. You don't play the same teams every week. The same teams don't play each other every week, and that's that's part of it. You've got to look at that. Look, I, with all due respect to you, Benny, and I'm going to go in on you again here. You've got Nat Butcher sixty-one on the bench and Molotalo seventy-five on the bench. Now you put a lot of eggs in that Storm Dogs basket, right? Yeah. To, of, in my defence, those... in my defence, I wasn't able to catch the game on Thursday night, and I didn't see the Butcher switch late. I didn't get it. I missed I missed all of that completely. So that was why I didn't get a chance to bring him in. Otherwise, I would have. Yep. Yeah. Which is which is fair, but I guess with that Storm. Uh, uh, Bulldogs game that was a big win to the Storm you've got three Bulldogs there now Kieran Foran is your best performer with 58 which he's probably punching overs there really for Kieran Foran um, and then you've got Luke Thompson who's gone 30 Eisenhuth's gone 21 for you which is understandable and Avrilo got a head knock but realistically you look at that result and how much better really would those players have gone uh, it's. I think it's 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 as much about matchups and as much about roster management, as, especially at this time of the year with this many injuries. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, Lukey, with this many injuries, it is a lot about super coach now because you've got to try and get those matchup players in and, and predict. You know, have a look at the weather as you talked to. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, look at you know matchups who they're playing and things like that and, and I'm not specifically having a go at Benny but I'm more to your comment there I think that there is a lot of management involved I do understand that Benny has gone 900 to 668 but he could have saved himself a lot of hurt had he played a couple of players that he didn't so yeah, right, yeah so my just... point is my point is is that um it, 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 luck is a big component of it, and and be and mainly because like look at the injuries that have affected his side. You know, you can have a week where you just get two or three injuries, and it really affects your score. You know what I mean? Like the Roosters had a good win on on um, Thursday night, but Teddy didn't. Yeah, didn't, Teddy like, didn't, so didn't translate. What, what what more do you want Benny to do there? Yeah, I, like, I'd like to know. I'd like to know where would you play Cavalu up against the Dragons? Yes. Right. Yes, I would have. Would you Would you play Mulatalo against the Eels over, say, Eisenhuth against the Ava- Dogs? Avarillo, maybe yeah. that was, but yeah. Avarillo's been relatively matchup proof. Yeah, yes, potentially. Absolutely, I, I, I would have played Mulatalo. 
Although, oh, if I was a winger and you know he's going to have more carrybacks than a centre, that, yep. that's what I would have done. But leading First. into my next comment is that I would have seen that the weather conditions on Sunday and yeah. possibly not played Mulatala. If I'd have seen the weather for, on on Saturday and gone fine and sunny up the Sunshine Coast versus pissing down rain on a lake on Sunday, I possibly would have played Eisen, Eisenhuth. And and that leads me to my next one. So I will, I will segue there is that people, check your fucking weather. All right? The clown that you come up with that was on this pro on this podcast last week, he captained Gutherson in the rain on a Sunday afternoon. Got a 52 as captain out of That him. is amateur. That is bush league shit right there. He thinks he's, we- a, he thinks he's a chance at winning this comp and he's done that. Oh, I'll tell you what he and, and it's not like that just popped up out of the ocean and pissed down for half an hour in, at game time. We knew it was going to be torrential rain the whole week. We we actually was we were predicting or expecting Friday, Saturday, Sunday rain for everyone. Uh, so yep. yeah, oh, I was hoping he lost on the back of that because that was that was horrible. And look, if you if you captain a forward, like you base that beast like Regal Ring Campbell Gillard knocking out seventies, he's only gone fifty. Right. If you captain him, fair enough. You get a hundred out of that. But to captain someone in the pissing down rain who relies purely on attacking stats for their score, it's amateurish. And if I was Meadows Mungles, who's his direct competition, I'd be rubbing my hands together, just going, "This bloke's got no chance." <laughs> Feed him. Yeah, this is this is. He great. deserves it. He deserves it. He fucking talks himself up like he's the best coach here, but he's not. Moving on now, I came up against uh, the Madman, and after he had an impressive win over Azza the week before, um, yeah, he came crashing back to earth. I did him by about 200 um, and had some fairly good output. Uh, he pulled the loophole on Cherry Evans, and that's basically all he had to 150 from Cherry, and Fafita got him 79, and then it was pretty much all downhill from here, from there for him. Um, and I had some decent output from Joey Manu again. Ewan Aiken was good. I was a little bit worried about playing him with his hamstring injury. Latrell and Burgess were solid. Uh, and then, yeah, Kenny Brom probably was the one that clinched it for me. Uh, and then Dylan Brown in the wet. How good. A player that relies on upside. Knocked out 119. <laughs> Bet you didn't captain him, but <laughs> Didn't need to. I had Tal Malolo. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but so I've got away with that one. Um, so uh, on to Nate's dogs this week and he gets uh, a few roosters and stuff returning but he also does lose TPJ unfortunately to the haircut so um, yep just taking it a week at a time as we do some other results in the head bin uh, over the weekend so Nate's dogs uh, went down to gutter fire uh, 847 to 883 uh, Meadows Mungles back in the winners list only just though uh, just beat as a uh, no regrets, 8.53 to 8.32. Lukey, you obviously went down 9.17, 9.08 to Bob's Battlers and Benny, as we just discussed, uh, went down by five points to Holmes Boys, 6.73 to 6.68. A couple of weeks left till finals. Uh, we'll give you an update on the ladder as we keep going on, as we get closer to the end. Uh, but uh, a little bit of movement around there. Benny, I think I've gone ahead of you by one game. Lukey, you by two now. Um, So, Lukey, you have to win, realistically, to be a chance, you have to win probably three out of your next three. Two, you might scrape in. Benny, you've got to win two out of your next three, I would suggest. Yeah, probably. 
Yeah, um, and then yeah, there's an absolute log jam around the bottom of that eight. It's it's a bit uh, bit worrying because it could go either way, really. Um, so yeah, nice and close in the head bin, that's for sure. So all right, lads, we'll move on. Uh, we're going to jump straight into Teamless Tuesday. program to bring you a special report. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you and you. All right, lads. Um, some notable omissions and notable occlusions this week. Benny, you're going to kick us off with the Roosters and the Storm uh, on Thursday night. Yeah, uh, 7.50pm, played at the SCG. Look, it should be, it's, it's sort of, yeah, it should be a belter of a game, really. I think the Roosters will be out to get one back after being beaten by Melbourne in round eight. So, but eh, man, even without Smith there and Munster going down, Melbourne were pretty convincing against the Dogs last week. But uh, the Roosters, oh, I'd say, the, like, I feel the Roosters were pretty convincing against the Dragons. I think they had control of that the most of the match. I don't think the Dragons were ever really in it, despite being only an eight-point difference. Um, and... They get Josh Morris back this week and pushes uh, Mitch Orbison back to the to the back row. I think they'll be better with Jay Moss there in the centres. He's, oh, I feel like he's just a step ahead of where Orbison is. I mean, Orbison's a Mister Fix It and he does a job there, but you know, Jay Moss is is a professional centre. So, um, yep. look, uh, the Roosters really need to keep winning games, man, to stay in touch with that with that top four. They've got the Raiders a win behind them and the Knights another point behind them. So. There's teams nipping at their heels to take that fourth spot, and if they don't keep winning games, they're going to be in trouble. If the Roosters don't make the top four, they can't win it this year. No, I don't think 100%. They, oh, I think they need that um, second bite at the cherry uh, because they're just a little bit too injury decimated this year. Hey, you know what's funny about the Roosters, and I won't harp on it too long, is that we all, like, you know, after obviously months, six weeks, we were, going to, we were like, who's going to touch the Roosters? And then the injury started to happen, but everyone was like, yeah, but if they get their players back, they'll still be good. And then it was Trent Robinson dropping Flanagan because they their attack wasn't clicking for everyone to go, actually, I'm not sure that they can get this done. Well, they just beat the, the Warriors. They just beat the Titans. Yeah. They just beat yeah. the Dragons. When yeah, you that's what I'm saying. Like, just beat like the Dragons was a bit more convincing, but you know, like the scoreline wasn't great. Um, so yeah, uh, they're, they're struggling. They're definitely struggling. What it said to me too is is that I always thought Teddy was a bloke who could generate his own offense, but he's really struggling without the forward pack going forward. Jared Weir Hargraves has been in and out of the side with injury. Takiyahu can't carry him. And I think they're really struggling. Crichton hurts as well. Even even Cordner when he's on bends the yep. line. A bit the man, too, so. they 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 lose a lot out of Bmos and Tupu as well. They're just their fucking oh, carries. Yeah. Like yep. they lose a lot yep. there, and that helps Teddy. Teddy Very makes Teddy makes a lot of gets a lot of offense off those two boys down in their own end. He breaks the line in their twenty, their thirty from a good carry from D Toops, and he gets down on his guts and plays the ball quick. And next thing you know, Teddy's cut the the markers to pieces. Yeah. So yep. they miss those two boys a lot. Yeah, definitely. Um, look, as I said, they get the they get Jamos back this week, but I think the Roosters should get it done here. Um, but yeah, I just think the the, uh, the outs of Smith and Munster could be a bit too much for the Storm. Riley Jacks doesn't provide a whole lot at number six, so it'll be it'll be all up to Hughes, um, Hughes and Pappy. But anyway, as for as for actual changes, it, as we said, Morris Morris in uh, back to the centre spot. Pushes Orbo back to the back row, and uh, Nat Butcher drops back to the bench, which Max Bailey drops off into the reserves. Um, look, still no Boyd Cordner. His return 
is pretty imminent, along with JWH, JWH Crichton, BMOS, and Tupu. They're all just a couple of weeks away, so there's some big names to come back for the Roosters. Um, Collins is named to start this week, and um, Flanagan's named in the reserves again with Hutchinson favoured in the 14 jersey. Um, as for the Storm, Munster's out for two to three with a medial ligament injury. Uh, he's been replaced by Riley Jacks and Pappy's come back into the side, which has pushed Hines back to the bench and Chris Lewis into the reserves. Um, captaincy, vice-captaincy, obviously Teddy, Keary, um, Lil Pappy, maybe Brandon Smith, throw a VC on, uh, and Takiaho, but that's about all I've got in this game. It should be a pretty tight match, and I can't see any huge scores going. Um, as for pickups, probably only Tupanua at the moment, um, but probably only a free agency play if you maybe you had, a, had a back row or get injured. Um, and or maybe if, you, if you're the flannel owner or you're really short in the halves, you could grab Lachlan Lamb, maybe not for this this game, uh, but definitely games going forward if Flanagan doesn't get his spot back. What did you boys make of Lachlan Lamb the other night? I thought he was good, man. I thought he I did thought a job. Did. Yeah, I did too. His kicking game too. was pretty good. Like, I thought towards the back end of the game, his kicks were were very mature. I didn't think he had it in him, but uh, he, he adds an extra element of in, in attack because he's willing to take the line on. Flano's yeah. pass first, kick first. Um, run, run never. Run, run never. never. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Well, so. that's what it looked like to me when you saw Lamb running the ball. It was like, yeah. oh, shit, they haven't had that this year. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, Lukey, uh, your Panthers taking on the Warriors. Yeah. Um, we've got the uh, 6 o'clock Friday game. Um, we do catch the Warriors on this time slot a fair bit, actually. Um, so no changes for Penrith. Um, we've uh, kept the same team as we did last week, um, which is a bit disappointing that um, uh, I thought maybe we'd get Edwards back. He's on the extended bench, but I think they'll actually rest him. They'll keep him one more week, and I, and I think two, I might even be back next week as well. Um, I, I don't like May in the centres. Um, he's had some nice touches, though, over the last few weeks, to be honest. A couple of nice passes versus Manly, and then one, um, he had the uh, the try assist for Naden the other night, which was a, a pretty nice pass as well. But I just don't think he's got the foot speed um, to be a long-term solution there. Um, so we're, we're unchanged. We keep... Um, uh, Dane Laurie on the bench there um, for the Warriors. Obviously, Jack Hetherington. Uh, he wasn't going to play this game anyway, but he's copped a uh, four-week suspension, um, which is a bit disappointing for the Warriors and disappointing for Penrith, really, because I was hoping that he could get a bit of footy under his belt and come back to us for the finals. Uh, Would have been really good, but uh, as is Jack Hetherington's career, um, he can't yeah. stay away from the uh, judiciary. So. But uh, that opens the door for Lachlan Burr to come into the starting side. And I think that's a really good move for super coaches because he's a bit of a dark horse. He can rack up stats like he did last season. So he's a um, he's a pickup for me this week. Um, but yeah, there's not too many other um, notable changes for the Warriors there. Uh, captaincies, obviously, um, being the second game, you're probably not looking to captain anyone unless you've got absolutely nothing in your team. Vice-captaincy, I'd be throwing it on Cleary, Yo, Tohu, RTS, and uh, Coruscant, uh, and Billy Kicks as well. What about um, Jazz? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, sorry, I, I overlooked him. Daz, you could definitely go uh, to Vanga as well. Um, for pickups, I think... Um, Peter Hiku, he's been going all right. I think it's a fourth centre wing option. I think he's starting to to come into a bit of form. So matchups, 
Um, maybe not this game, but if you're playing the long game, he could go all right. Um, uh, Harris Tavita, I reckon he's going to keep the goal kicking. Um, so he could be a really good option. And obviously, as I said before, Lachlan Burr is your second front rower. Uh, option, I think, will be good for this game. Yep, nice one, Lucky. Nice one. Uh, I've got uh, Eels and Dragons, 7.55 on Friday night. Um, so not too many changes for the Eels. In fact, I think they're 1-17 pretty much. A uh, bit of maybe a bit of shuffling on the bench. Kane Evans looked okay again on the weekend coming off the bench, but uh, they pretty much line up one to seventeen uh, for the Dragons. Bit of shuffling there again. So Corey Norman finds his way back into the side, and and look if there's Hell. any confirmation. Hell. I know. I did, know. He, did he play good footy on the weekend? Did he? Where well, was he playing? For like, around, fuck. I, I think it's more around uh, Jackson Ford suspension. McInnes goes to lock, but. He, you can't tell me that they can't find a, another back rower somewhere that they can kind of feel Because, again, they've gone to the well and put Fui Mayano in. He's, I don't know. He's horrible. But nevertheless, Dragons, back line pretty much the same. Then you get into the halves. Norman comes back in at six. Clune at seven. Uh, ben Hunt goes back to nine. Um, Josh Kerr comes in, obviously, again for Paul Vaughan, who's sitting out for the COVID breach. Fumayanu uh, comes into the side for uh, Sims, uh, Tariq Sims, who, who did the AC joint. I think he's only out for a few weeks. McInnes back to lock. Their bench looks very, very weak. Tristan Saylor on again. See, I, I don't, they need to give Tristan Saylor some reps. They need to give him some reps at six. And now that they know that their season's basically gone, why are you investing in Corey Norman? Get Tristan Saylor in there. Give him a bit of a bit of a crack. I've Ace not seen anything. Horrible, though. Well, yeah, it is. But is Adam Clune's any better? I haven't no. seen anything from Adam Clune that I haven't seen from Tristan Saylor. In fact, I, I think Tristan Saylor, he asks more questions of the defence just by stepping onto the field. As soon as he steps on the field, I think defences are more like, oh, okay, because he's got footwork, he's got speed. Speed. He, got he's a great kick. Good short kick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So why not, you know, give it to him? Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. We, we spend too much time on the Dragons. Mary. <laughs> it's, it's so oh, frustrating. He's got to go, man. So frustrating. Well, apparently there's a uh, – look. listen to 360 tonight. There's a board meeting next week, and I think the uh, it's inevitable. They all want him gone. It's just about who replaces him for 12 months until uh, Flanagan can step into the into the role. But uh, in this one, again, you're probably just looking for, for vice-captaincy uh, options. Uh, so for the Eels, um, if you don't have anything anything better, you can go captaincy on the second game on a Friday night, but more so VC. I'd be looking at Gutho. Uh, the two Parramatta halves, Brown, Moses, Campbell, Gillard, potentially, and Madison's back. Uh, obviously, in the back row, Nathan Brown's another decent option. For the Dragons, definitely look at Dufty. Uh, Lomax is obviously not a bad option there, and McInnes as well. Pickups in this one, though, uh, look, there's not too much. I wouldn't touch Fui Mayanu. In this one, Blake Laurie's been putting out some decent numbers, but again, most of the Eels are probably owned at this stage. Uh, look, if you and Aiken still on waivers for some reason, um, I, I would suggest a probably mid-range waiver pickup uh, this week if you can get him, but don't touch the uh, the Dragons halves at this stage. Uh, Benny, next one. 
your Sharks and the Titans at Nestrada Jubilee Stadium. Now, I heard last week that uh, the Sharks actually have a dreadful record at this ground, um, which was where they played on the weekend. So uh, hopefully they can turn things around for you, mate. Yeah, it hasn't been a great record. It's 3 p.m. Saturday and Cronulla usually aren't too bad in daytime games, um, but Titans have been a bit of a bogey side over the last few years and at the moment they're better than they have looked in a few years. So it's kind of a worrying game for us. Um, As everybody knows now, the Sharks have only knocked off everybody outside the eight. They've never won anything inside the eight, which is proving that they're not one against anyone inside the eight, which is sort of proving that they're not where they need to be. And the Titans could could definitely do a number on them here if they're not careful. Um, I just, I think Johnson probably has too much class and if Moylan doesn't get injured, our halves are probably slightly better than, than Taylor and Fogarty. Um, although I can't, Taylor's come a long way in, in the last sort of 12 months. Um, it's good to see him playing some good footy again and I think Fogarty's the kind of bloke he needed Fogarty looks like he's been playing NRL for a long time he seems to have a pretty level head about him I know he's a pretty he's an older debutant um, but yeah he seems to just have sort of a calm level head about him he sort of puts in the right kicks at the right times he's still got a bit to learn but yeah I think it's what Taylor needed Um, as for changes Jack Williams comes in and replaces Teague Wilton on the bench Toby Rudolph's name to start uh, but he usually comes off the bench as well and the Titans are unchanged so there's not a hell of a lot going on there in changes Um, captaincies vice captaincies in this game Will Kennedy's probably not a bad VC Uh, Bribson maybe Brian Kelly um, but getting 3pm Saturday you're sort of risking the the loophole there your updates being a bit late to pull your pull your loopholes. So your safer options are Johnson, um, maybe Jairo. He seems to be picking his scores up. Uh, Fodawake is still in around the 55s, so not a captaincy option for me. Um, look, Kevin Proctor was good on the weekend and he hasn't been too bad of late, knocking out sort of 50s and mid 40s. But yeah, if he's, it looks like he might be playing for a spot there. He wants to stay in the team with the two young fellas coming in to take a back row spot next year. Um, he may be somebody to keep an eye on. Uh, if he keeps producing games like he did on the weekend, then he's definitely somebody you can start looking at as a captain option. But that's that's about it in this game. Um, maybe maybe Rami and two you could throw throw a captaincy on. Um, I think he's going to see he's, some pill uh, in this game. He- this this game is where my matchup with Nate's dogs is going to be won or lost, right? So he's got Sean Johnson. Sean Johnson has played 16 games against the Titans. His average is 86. Oof. His high score is 153. Yeah. He kind of likes playing them. He does. <laughs> he kind of doesn't um, mind it. <laughs> I don't think too many other people don't. I think there'll be a lot of people who don't mind playing the Titans. Well, I mean, this one might be a bit different. They're a bit of a different prospect than what they were in round eight when they played uh, up on the Goldie. But I would dare say, if you're a Sean Johnson owner out there, here's the easiest decision you'll have to make all season. Yeah, yep. Captain Sean Johnson's like the, the obvious captaincy option in this one. Um, yep. Yeah, there's, there's lesser captain options, but if you've got better options in other games, I'd be going with them because, yeah, who knows what could happen here. This could be... This could go either way. Like, it could be a really good tight game with, you know, good completions or it could just be a shit fight. So, um, as for pickups, uh, 
if Will Kennedy hasn't been taken, he's probably still a decent play. Um, maybe Moylan, if he's been dropped, might be worth a free agency and just hope he can stay injury-free. Brimson, as we spoke about last week, Brimson should be gone by now. Um, that's that's about all I got. Everybody else that should be owned. Talakai, if he hasn't been taken, but we've mentioned him a few weeks in a row now, and he's been knocking out some good scores, playing some big minutes there in the back row, and probably Toby Rudolph too. He's he knocked out a forty last week, but I think two weeks before that he hit two near sixties and he hit another sixty this week, just gone. So um, Toby Rudolph's definitely someone to look at. He seems to be playing decent minutes there. Yeah, some good matchups in that uh, that game. That's for sure. Loki, uh, Cowboys and the Rabbits from Townsville on Friday, uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, um, uh, this one probably a foregone conclusion. I think the Bunnies will be too classy uh, in this one, um, but you would expect the uh, Cowboys to put up a bit better performance than what they did on the weekend. They were dreadful. Um, they've got uh, a few notable ins and one of those is Scott Drinkwater who comes back and he comes back to fullback which I think is good for them I think that's a a nice little touch it it means that Ben Hampton stays in the halves Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they switch that but uh, I think Hampton's played in the halves the last few weeks so I think he stays there and they look for Drinkwater to try and just provide that spark from the back um, as opposed to be, he was a little bit erratic at six. I think he, from a super coach perspective, was he was good this year, but from a game perspective, he was very erratic. Um, he had a lot of turnovers and a lot of errors in his game on on the back of um, those uh, good attacking uh, stats that he had. Um, so he comes in at fullback, pushes uh, the hammer to the wing. Um, and uh, Justin O'Neill is out of the side, rightly so. Um, John Asiata returns, um, so that puts Molo and Asiata on the bench, which is really good for them. I think it makes their bench a little bit stronger. For the Rabbitohs, Jaden Sewer comes back in, which is really good for them. It gives them a bit more starch out there on the edge. They're really struggling, um, and, and, and that's sort of been the Achilles heel of the Rabbits this year, hasn't it? They've just got nothing from their edges. Um, Campbell Graham's really come back to the pack. Um of late, so um, I think between their um, their second rows and their centers, they're really struggling to generate any sort of uh, points on the edges there. So, um, but that's that's pretty much it. Uh, Liam Knight goes to the bench with Sewer returning. So, I mean, from captaincy, vice captaincy options, you're probably only really going to captain uh, Tal Malolo or Josh Maguire in this game. Um, vice captaincies, though, I'd load up on Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, Adam Reynolds, Murray. Cook, you know, the usual suspects from South. I don't think any of them are out and out captaincy options, but they do have that uh, really good upside to them where you could vice captain them and uh, um, pays dividends. For pickups, I think drink water's a must, especially if you're sort of light in the 5 8 option. I think. Uh, you know, I think uh, fullback, yes, if, you, if you've if you got nothing. But I think um, he'd be more 5'8", because the 5'8 pool is pretty skinny at the moment. Uh, and obviously, Jaden Sewer too. I think that Jaden Sewer starts to really lift towards the end of the season. And, and with their uh, uh, skinniness on the edges there, I think he gets a lot more pill and is a bit more of a go-to guy for them. Yep. Nice one. Nice one. Uh, so I've got Raiders Broncos on Saturday, 7.35. Um, this this could be anything, really, with everything that's going on with the Broncos at the moment. Um, it could steal them and they could uh, could lift. 
uh, or it just could all be too much. I, I'm a bit, bit surprised that they're actually playing down in Canberra, to be fair, but uh, they, they still are. Uh, the Raiders are uh, pretty much 1-17 to from last week. No changes for them. Um, still running with Harawira and Naira in the 17. The Broncos, uh, no changes in their back line. Uh, still Boyd, Kenner, Staggs, Farnworth, Coates, Croft and Dearden. And look, Dearden probably had his best game that he's in, in grade last week. Ran the ball really well. Um, had a couple of nice, definitely had a couple of nice touches there. In the forwards, Flegler starts up front with Payne Haas. David Fafita on an edge. Ben Teo comes in for the uh, now sacked TPJ. Carrigan retains his spot on the uh, in the number 13. On the bench, uh, Jordan Rickey is uh, look, he's a back rower. I don't know, mate. <laughs> I couldn't tell you that one. He, um, I think he is. I, I think he's a. Because um, you'll yeah. probably have Joey Owen Lodge rotate through the middle, uh, and then maybe Ricky spells Carrigan, maybe To on an edge, and you got Corey Pay, Pakes uh, on on the bench in the fourteen. So. Uh, not too much happening there. 735, you're probably just looking for captaincy options in this one. There's only two standouts really for me, and that's Papa and Payne Haas. Um, it's probably all you'd touch in this one, I would suggest. Pickups, uh, there's probably a few outside backs, some good uh, CTW matchup plays in this one. Kenner's been good for the last couple of weeks. I like his yardage work, and obviously with Boyd coming into some form here, uh, he could be the beneficiary of some nice three-on-two plays. Uh, the other one is obviously Farnworth uh, on the back of that too. Um, keep your eyes on him. He looked really good in the centres last week. Um, has some really good upside, good work rate, so he could be a pickup here. And then look, take your punt with uh, any of the uh, centre three quarters for the Raiders too in this one because if it's, uh, if it's a blowout, you'd expect Kotrick Scott or Rapana to all maybe... Uh, maybe feature in that one for sure. I wouldn't really look at Ben Teo, to be honest. Uh, you could maybe stash him, but but uh, I would probably say no at this stage. If Boyd's still on waivers, uh, definitely have a play at him. Um, but uh, that's probably it in this one. I reckon Corey Oates comes back onto that spot when he... I think he's back next week. They're, they're anticipating Corey Oates, and I reckon he gets that edge spot when he comes back. Well, yeah, I mean that look that looks pretty stable, that back five for the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, and and you know, the the funny thing is they've kind of painted themselves into this corner now where Boy's probably gonna play decent footy for the rest of the year and then they have no contingency plan for him for next well, year. Well, it's not like Seabold's gonna be the coach next year. So you probably but could you, do what you don't want yeah, I mean, but do you want Darius playing on next year? I mean, you, even if he does you, play well, I mean you probably want something in the works for him. Ozako, nah, he's done. Tessie Nui, yes, he's injured, but I think that they, they need to look. Uh, look, if it was me, uh, I'd be looking at someone like Alex Johnson to bolster that back. Five. There's not a lot on the market, that's what I'm saying. And so maybe an Alex Johnson uh, could fill a gap until someone comes off contract a little yeah, bit more uh, high profile. Uh, Benny, Knights and Seagulls, two PM on Sunday. Yeah, this could um, this could be a blowout. I think I reckon the Knights are going to do a number here on the on the Eagles. They um, they look pretty good with with Green there being a, being a pass first half, as you said, and just giving giving Ponga that time with the ball that he needs. Um, so at McDonald Jones too, I, I just think the, number, the Knights will do a number on him here. Um, 
the Seagulls roster just looks terrible without Tommy Turbo there. And now they miss an AFB. They're losing a lot of go forward there. Paseca takes his spot, but he's, yeah, he's not a shadow on, on AFB when he's fully fit. So um, as for the changes for, for the Knights, Daniel Saifidi returns, which is a big in for them. Um, his brother goes back to the bench and, and Brody Jones drops out. But there, there could be a problem here for Daniel Saifidi owners expecting the same output um, as he was producing before his injury, I think Jacob takes a few more minutes than beforehand. He, he had a pretty stellar um, deputizing for him. He was pretty good, uh, and I think he's, he's earned himself a few extra minutes on the park. I think they're going to split them pretty evenly down the middle, to be honest. I think uh, long term it might actually be Clemmer that 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 suffers. Maybe yeah. He, he just he just doesn't look as dynamic as the Saifidi brothers. So Jacob, I, Jacob, I think he surprised everyone, mate. How well he's played. It, it honestly, you wouldn't have known the difference. He was that good while Daniel was out. So yeah, Clem's yeah. come back to the pack a bit. Uh, yeah, but they'll I wouldn't give, be surprised. They'll give, Saif, they'll give Daniel a DSAF a few weeks to get into, it, and it wouldn't surprise me if Clemmer's minutes come back to like 50-55, Yep. To be fair. Yep. Um, as for the as the Eagles, Brad Parker comes back in uh, from a head knock. He replaces Tavita Funa, who had a decent week last week, but he's um, one of those blokes that's got no job security. Um, as we said, Paseca starts for uh, Fanua Blake. Could be a decent handcuff. Uh, he was when Fanua Blake was out the last couple of weeks. He was sort of hitting those uh, low to mid fifties. Marty Tapao has been named. He did fail a HIA last week, uh, so we'll see how that goes. I'd keep an eye on that uh, for Marty Tapao owners. I would say uh, Sean Kepi comes in and takes his spot if he's ruled out. Um, edge edge back rollers in in Siren and Thompson have both been named, which is huge, massive for the for the Eagles because they really miss them. Um, they're, they're both pretty good and they're going to knock you out decent scores as well so owners will be happy to have them back um, so that that push, pushes um, Oloka Artu and Corey Waddell back to the back to the bench and Morgan Boyle uh, back to the reserves captaincies in this game Ponga obviously Cherry uh, Evans Jake Turbo uh, that's about all I've got maybe um Maybe David Klemmer. Uh, and if you really needed some upside, you could probably throw a, throw a uh, captaincy on Kurt Mann. Barnett's um, been pretty, pretty good. Barnett's been decent, yeah. 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 Um, pickups. Look, maybe Stafford Toa, he's back. If, he's been, if he hasn't been on anyone's um, team and he's still there, I'd maybe throw a free agency at, at Toa for a matchup play. Um, Black Green to me is a if you're weak in the five eights, Black Green's going to get try assists if he keeps just passing out the back to Ponga because Ponga's going to go himself uh, once every now and again and he's likely to score. Um, but that's anyone else should really be owned that's of uh, of note. Reckon Moses Sully's got a pretty good matchup against Tuala this week, so yeah, he's probably going to get some pies. Yeah, it's. Uh, not I, I feel like he's been out, but I feel like Sully should be owned still. He's been pretty good yeah. all year. Probably, probably is. That's right. That's uh, right. If K Cust hasn't been taken yet, too, K Cust definitely someone to pick up. Good stuff. Lukey finishes off with the Tigers and the Dogs. Yeah, I'll keep it quick here. Uh, what a horrible four o'clock game. Um, the Dogs fan base just keeping them on telly on Channel Nine. Um, 
Kerrod Holland comes in for Jake Aravarello, who's picked up a hip injury. Um, and Jack Cogger comes in for uh, Lachlan Lewis. So. Yuck. <laughs> it's funny, Steve George Arliss as the assistant, like what, you know, he's obviously, as soon as he's got the nod, he's just brought in the raft of changes, Meany to fullback, DWZ to wing, you know, yeah, Lachlan Lewis straight back into the halves. Like, he, And so he's obviously got his favourites. He doesn't rate Wakeham, which is fair because I haven't really seen anything from him. But um, with the Tigers, there's uh, a fair few changes. Um, Jacob Little gets his first action of the year. Um, he comes in at hooker, which hopefully he's good to go. Um, and he's uh, he's a he's a decent prospect. He he likes to run, uh, and he's a fairly crafty, um, sharp nine. But he's had a raft of uh, leg injuries, lower leg injuries, which have really hampered his uh, his career. So whether that's affected his running game or not is another thing. Um, so he comes in the nine with Chris uh, with um, Josh Reynolds on the bench. Chris Lawrence goes back to the uh, the bench, and Moses Mbai goes back into the centres. There, uh, there's a few outs. Sean Bloor in the reserves. Luke Garner comes back in, um, so he's someone um, that I'd be looking at this week. Um, no captaincy options from the Bulldogs, and the only one I'd be going with. Um, if you're desperate, and at this stage you would be desperate if you're looking for captaincies out of this game, but Luciano Leilua and uh, probably Benji Marshall would be your only captaincy if you're chasing points. At this oh, what about Noffa? Oh, and Noffa, sorry, and um, Noffa Luma. He, he's been quiet the last few weeks, so I think he's been doing a, good, a big game. Adam Dewey's probably not a bad shout either. If you've got him and you need points, he's he's got a bit, a bit of upside. He does, but I, I just think he's a little bit unreliable if you were chasing points. I'd rather go those other three options but I guess if you if you're desperate at this time of the uh, the round you'd you'd take anything really I think um, so yeah as far as pickups go in this game I'd um, definitely go Luke Garner I think he's a definite pickup this week uh, especially good matchup and he uh, was performing quite well before he got dropped um, Jacob Little he probably doesn't have a lot of job security I think he he's on the bench when Harry Grant comes back I think he'll play 20 minutes a game um, because he is their long-term hooker. Uh, but for the next week at least, or two weeks, I think he might be an all right little pick up there. So he's someone worth looking at too, probably free agency only. Yeah, nice one. I think uh, the Tigers number nine jersey is kind of getting into the realms of the uh, Knights curse number nine jersey as well at the moment, isn't it? Like they've lost Harry Grant, Billy Walters, but it's always a bit of a luxury if you can get a guy like Jacob Little to come into the team and and fill in. I mean, we've got five eights filling in for us now, but everyone said that the game was going to open up for hookers, but uh, I mean, hookers are going down left, right and centre at the moment. They seem to be the biggest casualty of this new game speed, yet everyone thought it was going to open up. But uh, good luck to Little. He's um, struggled a bit with injury and and, and bits and pieces, so hopefully he can... um, a few games back to back and play some decent footy that's for sure so that's, that's the team list for this week let's jump into our priority picks uh coming out of that benny do you want to lead us off with your three priority picks for the week mate yeah mate um third i can't really split uh lachlan burr and toby rudolph so if you if you need some front rows especially even Paseca, they're all kind of on the same plane there if you need someone to handcuff for the afb owners i'll be looking at one of those three personally um now, I've probably got Black Green as second and Scotty Drinkwater as my number one pickup this week. Yep, nice one. Loki? Uh, I've got uh, Toby Rudolph. 
Um, Will Kennedy. Yep. I think Will Kennedy might even keep that spot for the rest of the year, I reckon. Even when Chad Townsend comes back, I think that... Uh, I reckon I more than plays 14. I reckon more than plays 14. Yeah, I don't know how you couldn't have um, Will Kennedy there. He's he's playing too well, I think. And um, Luke Garner for me. Yep, nice one. Uh, I've got Ash Taylor. I like him. The, the Titans have got a fairly tasty run home, and I think that uh, coming into a bit of form and confidence, I think he's a good pickup. Uh, Satili Tupanoa this week, uh, I think he's probably just a one-week play when Cordner or Crichton comes back on that edge, but uh, I think he's he's not a bad shout this week. And number one, I've got Scotty Drinkwater. I've actually got the cows um, upsetting the bunnies up there, 1-12. to 12. So I think that uh, he might have a bit to say. So Scotty Drinkwater at number one. Good stuff, lads. Uh, that's the team lists and our pickups for the week. Let's jump into the swap meet. Want to trade? Nah. Why not? I like mine better. Traded. To the motherfucking swap meet. As we touched on at the start of the show, we've got a bit of a strength of schedule feature uh, to, to talk to based upon the fact that, you know, we're coming into the last three rounds of the competition and then we head into finals. There's a lot of talk on Twitter at the moment. People looking at uh, finals runs and, and, and players to target. So I've put together a bit of a uh, bit of a table for everyone to kind of have a look at now. Basically, it wasn't just lick the finger and put it in the air and, and have a guess. We, we pulled together some stats and so based upon... Uh, a team's ladder position uh, in addition to how many points they've had scored against them this year, how many scores of over 60 they've allowed in a year, we've given them an overall position. So adding up their ladder position, points against, and how many scores of over 60 that in Supercoach they've allowed for the year gives them an overall position. And then we've ranked each team's run home based upon those numbers and those teams. So basically, uh, and you can have a look at this on our on our on the uh, the uh, the graphic. The Panthers have a special run home, a very special run home. So their last three rounds are New Zealand Sharks, West Tigers, and in the finals they have Broncos, Para, North Queensland, and Bulldogs. Look, you're cheering as a Panthers supporter in that one, mate. Yeah, I kind of hope we cop a loss soon, though. Um, I don't think it's sort of sustainable to be able to win all the way through. So I wouldn't mind a loss just to reset. That It happened to Canberra last year. I think they copped a loss sort of this far out, and I think it does you good just to sort of ground you a little bit, make you look at things and whatnot. But it is a uh, it is a tasty draw, I will say that. We've had a pretty good draw all season, to be quite honest. So, uh, yeah, it'll be... Um, yeah, wouldn't mind a loss. Power is the only one going to threaten that, though. The other teams aren't going to. Maybe Cronulla if they turn it on on a good day, but that's about all. Yeah, potentially. I would think Para or Cronulla are the ones there, yeah. Well, look, you and I talked about this afternoon. I guess the only other threat to this is because it, it is a fairly juicy run home, there is likely to be stars arrested. Uh, with the likes of Burton and Mitch Kenny in the uh, in the wings, I would say that Cleary might rest Nathan for one of those games, potentially Coruscant for another, um, you know, uh, kick out or someone like this, because there is a fair lot of, t- uh, with the exception of Parramatta and the Sharks, every other team's outside the eight. So that's the only real threat, I reckon, to their run home, especially from a super coach point of view. From real, real-time NRL, it is still pretty juicy, and you'd expect... Probably not two more than one or two 
losses in that uh, that run home. Second of all is the Raiders. Now, we've talked of, uh, about their run uh, early on in the year and, and how uh, you know some of their players are holds, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, their next three rounds are Broncos, Gold Coast, and Bulldogs. Now, on paper, uh, there's some pretty easy matchups for them, but uh, Gold Coast are obviously taking teams to the sword uh, or pushing them right to the to the edge. Um, then in finals, they go Roosters, St. George, New Zealand, and Sharks. So not a bad run home there. Obviously, the Roosters round one isn't great, and you'd expect them to have some uh, some stars back, but uh, St. George and New Zealand and the Sharks in the final, obviously uh, pretty good run for them too, Benny. Yeah, I don't mind their run, um, but... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I, I can't see them losing many of those games. Maybe the Roosters. Um, but St. George could give them a, a bit of trouble. They're, I think the issue for the Raiders is they're having trouble scoring points, basically. Um, so that's that's where they might come undone. Wins-wise, they t- shouldn't have too much trouble, but you'd hope their halves kind of click into gear at some point and... Uh, Get it done over the next few rounds. Then it's followed by the Knights, who have got uh, Manly, North Queensland, New Zealand for their last three rounds. And then in finals, they have the Sharks, the Roosters, St. George and the Gold Coast. So they're pretty tasty too. Now, if they start to hit their straps, they've got plenty of guys that uh, good matchup plays there. Um, and, you know, blokes like Blake Green and, and the like can... Uh, can be good point, you know. Good matchup plays uh, in some of those games. Obviously, there's some uh, tricky games. Manly will be a bit trickier than you think this week, and then you got the Roosters second week of the finals. Titans have a fantastic run, and as you you boys were were talking to, like to look at some of their outside backs. They go Sharks, Canberra, St George the last three rounds, and then uh, Bulldogs, Broncos, Manly, and Newcastle for their finals run. So, how do you see that playing out, looking for the Titans? Well, yeah, good from a super coach perspective. Uh, they should be competitive in all of those games. Just on that, I threw a trade at uh, the Meadows Mongols last week, um, and he, he shot it down. Uh, and it was basically, uh, I've been looking for a hooker. I've been aing my hooker for the last couple of weeks, and it was uh, um, Nukin, Brimson, and Josh Dugan. Um, for either Jazz or McInnes. Now, on surface value, it probably does look a little bit like, why would you take that? But he um, he's struggling in terms of um, injuries at the moment. He's just lost Kyle Flanagan as he's 5'8", right, where Brimson would cover that. Um, he's lost Tarek Sims. He's lost Alex Twile. Uh, I've, I thought Fanukin's averaging 55 in there, and he's also running Anari Tuala as his fourth centre wing, and I thought Dugan would probably be better than Tuala, given that they've got a good run as well, Cronulla. Um, but no, he shot it down because he doesn't want Dugan in his side. He, he, he thinks that he's better than that. So, But you look at that Titans um, run home, and I tell you what, Brimson looks pretty good now with that run home. So... Yeah, I don't know if it's as lopsided as I first thought, really, given his situation and and what uh, the Titans are looking at now. He likes to play the long game, so that doesn't surprise me. But uh, seems like a bit of value in it for him. But he's, he's like I said, he's playing the long game there. Uh, last one. Uh, so we'll let you guys have a look at the uh, the graphic and and go through all the teams and their runs home. But the top five, obviously, we went Panthers, Raiders, Knights, and Titans, and then the uh, the Eagles are the fifth uh, easiest run home, and they go Newcastle, South, Melbourne, 
obviously for the next three, but then they go West Tigers, Bulldogs, Gold Coast, and New Zealand in the finals. So that's a pretty juicy finals run. Obviously, just Newcastle South and Melbourne in the next three rounds is a little bit tricky. Uh, but then if they get some they get some players back, and again, uh, Benny, you mentioned it last week that if Tommy comes back, he probably unlocks a few of those outside backs a little bit. Um, so if that's the case, that finals run of uh, Warriors. Penrith, Broncos, and West Tigers looks looks pretty good. Yeah, if you can if you can get through to the finals um, as a Tommy owner, I think you're sitting pretty prime. Uh, Meadows Mungles will be be rubbing his hands together over that uh, over that finals draw. Um, obviously, any Cherry Evans owners, even Kate Cust, is probably going to look good in that finals run. So, like, I'm I'm pretty happy even to have. Uh, Jake and AFB back and, and hopefully raring to go for that if I can get into the finals like obviously I've got to win a few now to make it but those two are going to dominate the forward packs of the last four teams they play um, and, and it, it could be good signs for me uh, going through that finals run but yeah they've got to get through those next three games uh, South is probably the least challenged but Newcastle looked good last week and Melbourne obviously doing Melbourne things so uh, as for outside backs, I think Garrick is somebody that you should be looking at for that finals run. If you if you can if you can hold him until until Tommy's back, Garrick's going to go huge. I think in those last four weeks. Sorry, just to correct myself, I think I got that wrong. Their their finals run is West Bulldogs, Gold Coast, and New Zealand. So that's what I said. Excellent yeah, that's what you said. Stuff. So just one more to touch on, and this kind of goes into my cells just quickly. Uh, is Tigers. Tigers is the worst run home from here on in, so sell Tigers players hard now. <laughs> Their last three rounds, obviously Bulldogs this weekend, but then they go Roosters, Penrith, Manly, South, Melbourne, Parramatta. So that's murderer's row right there. That's tough days, isn't me. it? Real tough days. Yeah. Like Obviously they Bulldogs is of- favourable, but yeah. Yeah, they don't have a lot of players who are match-up proof either. A lot of their players are reliant on good matchups in their favour. Um, so, yeah, you're really going to look at maybe Twal when he comes back. He'll do all right things. Luciano's been all right because he's a bit of a go-to guy for them. But other than that, unless Harry Grant can come back. I, if I'm Harry Grant, man, if I'm a Harry Grant owner, I might be trying to sell him on the basis of that. I know yeah, he got 50 on tackles, but he's got – the thing is they're going to be playing little more. At the back end of their season, knowing that they probably can't make finals, they're going to be trying to get little some reps. Yeah, well, Harry because Grant's they, gone, so exactly. they're going to need it. So I'd be, I'd be, if I was a Harry Grant owner, I'd be trying to sell him now. Yeah, that's not stupid. That's uh, that's that's probably pretty accurate there. So, lads, that's the swap meet for this week. Only based around the uh, the strength of schedule, we didn't have too many buy sells or holds, so we won't go into that too much. Obviously, just the Tigers there. But uh, Lucky, you got some more uh, positional comparisons for us? Yeah, I do, boys. Yep. Um, so I sort of thought again um, a, a lot of matchup based selections this week and um, injury related selections as well so uh, because I think trading is sort of the trade window sort of coming to a close in most comps most people are sort of finalised their squads got them to where they want or like uh, the Mungles are in our comp he's sitting on his players and and pretty happy with his squad and hasn't really done much trading or changing so he'll just 
shut up shop. So it's it's more so for those blokes who are on the fringes trying to pick the, the carcass and, and target fringe players. So in the fullback stakes this week, I've gone uh, Scotty Drinkwater or AJ Brimson. I oh, think Brimson, I think Brimson, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the center wingers is the, uh, the the returning from injury is uh, Dan Tupu or Brian Tuo. I think Tupu. I think his his yardage work Tupu. Yeah, I, I I think so too. He's a target in the air as well. Yeah, that's probably yeah. what gets it done. He's just a, got a little bit more uh, to his game. Um, your five eights, Benji Marshall or Cade Cust. Cade Cust. Cast. Yeah, Marshall's going to stink it up. Yep. Um, halves, Jerome Hughes or Adam Reynolds? Oh, and that's a hard shit. one. Uh, uh, probably, probably Hughes for me. Hughes has yeah. got a way bigger ceiling. Like, as we touched on a fair bit with Reynolds, he scored 80 on the weekend. And fuck, he worked his ring out to get that. Whereas, yeah. whereas, uh, a couple of tries or a try and line break and, and Hughes has like an 80 or 90 plus so um, hookers uh, Jake Friend or Jake Turpin Friend yeah Friend alright cool Broncos in absolute turmoil Friend <laughs> <laughs> but, but also they continue to name Corey Pakes on the bench too so yeah yeah, yeah. They won't have a team in a couple of weeks like they won't be a Broncos <laughs> club it's just gonna go under <laughs> Um, second row forwards, Ciro or Luciano Leilua? Ciro, just Matt. Just Luciano. You, uh, you reckon Luciano? I reckon Ciro just with the strength of uh, schedule. I think Luciano is going to be a victim of the halves trying to overplay their hands. I reckon Ciro's got an injury. That's the tough one, isn't it? Because yeah. Luciano's got a shit draw, but Ciro's injury prone. So, yeah. yeah. He's carrying something. So, I'd better, go Ciro, though. Yeah, better quality halves inside Ciro. True. All right, lastly, front row forwards, Tommy Burgess or James Tamu? Tommy Burgess. I think he's been a monster for South. Shit, I can't argue with that. He just keeps doing it. He keeps doing it for me, so we'll see what happens. He does have a a stinking game in him, but, um, you know, but, uh, yeah, have to go with him. I reckon he gets a meaty this week. He's spoiling. Spoiling. He got one last week. Yeah, but it's the Cowboys, man. He's going to yeah. come over the top of these guys for sure. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, Lukey. Do enjoy that little section, um, and hopefully uh, our listeners do too. So uh, that's another one in the bank, boys. Uh, we're done for this week. Um some good footy to look forward to on the weekend that we've just touched on uh, and our comp gets uh, all the more tighter and so we'll uh, cover all, all the uh, comings and goings of uh, our head bin next week but lads uh, not too much good luck on the weekend but um, we'll do it all again next week yeah no I hope you both lose thanks mate <laughs> catch us boys I probably will <laughs> see you see you boys